Hello. I have an invitation to tea with the Queen. Yes, Emma's been expecting you. Please come in. I think that we just massively underestimate, especially as women, our own capability and awesomeness. And it, it's changed. It's changed my life completely. Yeah. Sometimes I think you go through this journey as a business owner and think you're a bit crazy. You're like, who am I to have this dream? Well, I just think women are hard on themselves. I wish I had been more confident in what I was capable of. But I feel like you do what feels right for you, then that's going to be always on brand. Women, our natural inclination is to be pleasers and to put other people before self. I've never had a tea with the Queen before and this is such a pleasure. (laughs) Hello, I'm Emma McQueen and welcome to Tea with the Queen. So, you've started a business. You've put in all the hard work and it's going gangbusters. Well done, you. Problem is, you're just too damn busy to keep up with the demand and that's holding your business back from growing. There comes a time when you need to bring someone in, that someone could be to help with all the admin stuff, perhaps a virtual assistant or a VA, so you can spend more time working on the business. Or it could be someone more strategic, like an online business manager or an OBM. Katie Kersop helps entrepreneurs and small business owners with just that. Katie's a certified OBM and business owner herself. She knows very well the challenges of growing a thriving enterprise and juggling a family. I'm so excited to share Katie with you today. Katie Kersop, welcome to Tea with the Queen. Thank you for having me, Emma. It's going to be so much fun. I can feel it. I can feel it. Uh, Tell us about you. Where did you grow up? What's your background? I grew up in Melbourne. My parents owned a chain of laundromats in Burwood. And then they gave all that up for the country lifestyle and we moved down to Geelong and they bought a 200-acre property and that's where we grew up. Wow, says farm girl by heart. Yes, grandparents are milkers, well, we're milkers. I've got two sisters and, no, three sisters. Oh, three sisters and two (laughs) brothers. Sorry sorry to the sister that just got deleted. (laughs) She won't listen to this though, she's too old. My younger one might. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a very close-knit family. And I have two kids now. We live on five acres. We've got a bit of a comedy farm. Comedy farm? Why? What is it? What's in? Who's included? <laughs> well, last night we had the neighbours walking past and I've managed to make our pet ram very friendly. So it, it ran over to the fence, the neighbours, and followed them all the way up the street till it, till it got a pat. Till it got a pat. And then it turned around and came home? Yep. Oh, that's hilarious. Do you know what? For some reason, I've always wanted to own a laundromat. Really? I don't know why. Yeah, as a kid, I was always like, I'm going to own a laundromat. Do you remember Con the Fruiterer? Yes. Oh, so he came to the laundromat and did a stunt thing there. And what he did, because I remember we had to help clean up afterwards when we were kids, but he literally, the whole laundromat was covered in bubbles. And no one knows who Con the Fruiterer is. Anyway, Dad did this skit with him. And so, like, there's bubbles coming out the front door of the laundromat and everything. Oh, how fun. That's your dad's claim to fame. Yeah, that's what he kept saying, but no one knew who it was. Oh, I know I know who it was. <laughs> so tell us, how did you get into the world of virtual online business assistance? Uh, it started when I had my son. I just didn't want to go back into that corporate world. Pretty common story, I think. 
it wasn't friendly at all in terms of daycare hours and just everything. I wanted to be able to be there for him. So that was sort of my turning point. I was fortunate enough to be able to go back part-time. So I did that until I had my daughter and then I made the cut and just went all in. It's time. I love it. How long ago was that then? How old is your son? So my son is six, nearly seven. So 2016, I started. My first business was the only way to say it, a complete disaster. I decided to do kids' parties. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Don't seem so shocked, Emma. (laughs) Hey, it's in the organisational field. Didn't I did the expos and everything, got no business. The only party that I did was when I begged my friends and I ended up paying for everything. So it was really a disaster. Yeah, not a good business model, that. No. <laughs> I've still got the photos too. And I've, I saw the business card the other day. It's horrendous. It was called Creative Kids. But we all have a fail. Yeah, we all do. Exactly. And then I went into virtual assistance and realised that there was a bit more to it for me and that's how I got into the business management space. I love that. So what does a VA or OBM do? There's a difference between the two. Can you explain it for our listeners? Yeah, of course. So a VA is someone who really gets in there and gets it done. They're the doers, whereas an OBM is like your partner, silent business partner. They come in and work with you to create the strategy and create the systems in the business that you want. And then the VA comes in to support that. Uh, support that growth and support the team as opposed to having that bigger vision because sometimes it can be a bit difficult to see the big vision when you're in the weeds doing all the work which is why you need the separation between the two. Yeah and all the VAs that I've used to be fair if I think about the VAs they just take direction from me. Exactly and that's what that's like they're so important in the team And then there's that place for the OBM, which then will give the directions, give the SOPs, create the Asada boards or the project management systems for the VA to follow. And what's an SOP for those listening at home? Standard operating procedure. (laughs) Good job. Oh, I better know that. (laughs) I write enough of them. (laughs) Wasn't a trick question. How do you onboard an OBM? So the onboarding process for an OBM can be up to 90 days. The OBM really comes into your business to work with you and to work alongside you. So their onboarding is a little bit different to say a VA or a creative or a designer where they come in with a specific project and OBM comes in to know your business inside out, to really be there to that sounding board for you that when you say, I've got an idea, they can say no. And to be able to do that though, they need to know the ins and outs of everything in the business. Or they can say yes. Yes. They can say yes, they can say no. Depends on who you get. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) No, so it's really about like the onboarding process is a lot more in-depth and it does take up a lot more of the business owner's time to start with, with the end goal of the business owner being able to really step back and not have to be in control of everything. Yeah, so it kind of takes the clutter away from the business owner's head, really, and lands it in their OBM's mind, yeah? Yeah, exactly. It's really about freeing the business owner up for them to work in their zone of genius. Yeah. To be able to go out and market, to be able to teach if that's what they want to do or create, whatever it is, the OBM will then manage all that back-end operations, making sure tasks are done, making sure that you know that VAs have got everything they need, that contractors have all the, the logins, have all the know branding fonts whatever it is instead of always going to the business owner asking the OBM becomes that middle person some people call it the gatekeeper 
So the OBM is like the gatekeeper. So everyone goes, all the questions get filled through the OBM and only the really important ones will come to the, the business owner. And you have both in your business, right? You've got VAs and you've got OBM. So you're all kind of one-stop shop. Yes, correct. Yes. So I, um, I have a team of VAs and I also have a team of OBMs. It just makes sense too in terms of costing for business owners because you don't want to be paying a high price point for a task that can be done for a lower price point. So offering that full service was just kind of made sense. Yeah, totally. I mean, you help business owners launch new projects, whether it's an online course or new products. Scary question. I think this <laughs> has lots of answers, but what makes a successful launch? So having your goals, I think that's the most important thing because unless you have those, there really is no way of measuring success. I think a really important thing for a launch too is making sure that the goals you set are achievable. Like if this is the first time you're launching something, don't go in there with this expectation of I'm going to make a million, I'm going to launch it and make it a million dollar launch. Like you need to sort of take a step back and go, all right, this is the first time I'm launching this. I would love to get, say, 20 people in and work it back from there. And then once you've got that end goal in mind, orchestrate backwards, how you're going to get there, what you're going to do. Communication with the whole team is so important in the launch and also being organised. Now, things most likely will always be a hiccup in a launch. It's the online world. It's the way it goes. But having the contingency plans in place, but also having, or for example, an OBM, when something does go wrong, they will just go and sort it out as opposed to you having to go and do it. But yeah, it really is making sure that you've got your goals that you can measure against and having it all planned out and having it done ahead of time, not last minute. The most successful launches they do, there's like, they say there's three stages in a launch. There's the pre or four, there's the pre-launch then there's a launch, the post-launch, and then there's a follow-up as well. Got you. And if someone comes to you and says, uh, look, I want to launch this thing, whatever this thing is, do you go, all right, here's the marketing strategy or should they know that? So it depends on what they're doing, but I can do that with them. Sit there and go, okay, so this is a brand new product. Let's start to get the audience intrigued. How are we going to slowly drip feed it and it's really about making sure that you're answering common questions it sort of goes hand in hand when we create the launch plan the operational side we also touch on that marketing side to make sure that we are getting the most from this launch do most business owners have an idea in their head on how they want it to roll anyway or are some of them just like got no idea bit of both <laughs> a bit of both very politically correct yes some of them just come <laughs> over and go here's my product, I want to launch it, there you go. And you're like, any ideas what you want to do? Nope, just make sure that it gets out there. Fair enough. Other ones come in and they want to be a lot more hands-on, which is great. And then we work together and work out the plan from there. But it's a, a mixed basket. Sometimes it's launched multiple times. It can be a lot easier, a lot simpler than a new product launch, which can sometimes, well, it's all trial and error and every launch is, it's always changing. Yeah. How long does a launch typically take? depends if you're doing the, the big kahuna launch or or just a standard launch the big kahuna launch with affiliates jvs all of that you really need to start planning well in advance especially if you're going to have affiliates and jv partners because their schedules book up jv meaning joint venture so you need to make sure if you are working with someone who has a busy schedule you want to speak to them well in advance so they can make sure the look that their launch doesn't clash with your launch that their social media they're promoting your product at that time so you want to give a lot more lead time for that 
But for a smaller launch, when it's not so much with joint ventures and affiliates, anywhere but sort of between six to eight weeks. Got you. I'm so curious to ask this question. You do not Uh-oh. need to answer it. But the question is, <laughs> when when have you seen a launch go well, one that we would know of? What, so as in money-wise or do you mean? Just it looks amazing. They've done all the right things. They've ticked all the right boxes. The marketing's happening, et cetera, et cetera. Because I don't know if we'd know about the cash, would we? Yeah. You can just, it just flows. Okay. Like you so can it looks just. seamless. Yeah, it looks seamless. They're not coming from that place of you have to buy my product. I think that's the big, like if you're, you're doing a successful launch and you are having a successful launch, you're not coming from that place of, I have to sell, I have to sell, I have to sell. Like you're coming from that place of genuine, I have such an amazing product. What I'm here to give you is just so like it's amazing and that energy comes through in the actual launch and in all the social media posts and all the emails you're not getting 13 emails a week saying you need to get into this you must buy this you must buy this like it's spaced out and it's genuine content I think that's when you can tell a launch is going well yeah so they're not coming from a scarcity or a desperado mindset yeah I like that we've talked about the fact that you live and you work in the country and you work from home I mean, people are much more comfortable than ever before with remote teams. Have you found that in your business? Yes. When I first started, there was a lot of not, I suppose, distrust of what people are actually doing with their time, whereas now it's okay. Like people just understand that it's like flexible working place, isn't it? It's perfect. I mean, I'm a prime example. I start my days at 4 and I'll work from 4 till sort of 6.30 then I'll do the kids' runs and I'll log back on. Yeah, so people are a lot more accommodating to that now. It's fantastic. It's giving so many people an opportunity to actually get a foot in the into the door and start their own business and be part of teams when in the traditional world they wouldn't have been able to. Yeah, I agree. I think not much good came out of COVID, but I think what has happened is it's allowed us the flexibility to work from home and focus on family and allow us the flexibility that we've all been craving for years but we just haven't been able to get Mm. it's like the best of both worlds to a degree it can be right it also can mean you work 24 7 (laughs) (laughs) well you always walk past the laundry and there's a load of washing that needs to get done (laughs) yeah that's exactly right um you've you've just touched on it but i'm curious about how you juggle your days are you kind of always on call or do you give yourself set out so you said you get up at four crazy cat you get up at four till six thirty, then you get the kids off but how do you spend the rest of your day and do you go off for a massage? What do you do for yourself? <laughs> I would love to go off for a massage every day. Um, <laughs> I invest in a good coach who teaches me boundaries. Um, <laughs> Plug for Emma McQueen. Didn't pay her for that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, it's. Um, I'm still learning, I'll be honest. I'm still learning um, how to manage my time at home because you do, you you're working from home so there's always something to do at home and there's always something to do at work and having those really distinct boundaries I'm quite fortunate I have my offices out in the shed so I've actually got to physically walk out there but my phone follows me everywhere so it's kind of like a no-win situation and just what I'm like focusing on is really trying to be present when I'm inside with the kids and it's hard I'll be honest it's a real struggle because the phone goes off and I'm like oh you know my clients are everything. I'm like, is this something I've got to fix? Do I need to do this? You know, is it important? And it's being able to train myself to go, okay, that can wait. And just really being aware of what I reply to and what I don't reply to straight away. 
and then I think you've just got to be okay with the laundry piling up and the dirty dishes just you know not always going to get done straight away yeah yeah I don't know if you've noticed but we may have trained our clients to do this where they kind of expect that immediate response Mm -hmm. (laughs) to us and I'm curious do you do any active work around trying to go look I'll get back to you when it's convenient to me or is there just stuff that has to happen that has to get done immediately and you just have to do it so it depends it depends so if it's a launch I'm a big believer in when you're launching something the whole team needs to be on because no matter what happens like this is if it's like one of the big launches we've got three weeks where it's just all hands on deck it's like to me, sometimes it's 24-7 because if the website breaks, I need to be on call to be able to fix it. With the general day-to-day, I try to work it with my team and the clients that they send a message and we acknowledge it so that we know it's been seen and then reply to it if it needs to later on. I think the key piece there is people just need to know that you've seen something. They just need to be acknowledged and be seen and nine times out of ten, once they know that you've seen it, it's gone out of their brain and they're happy. Yeah. We've even got this. I was really worried about this because Serena works in WA, so she's three hours behind us. On our the bottom of our email, we say something like, we're sending this email because it's convenient to us now. Like, don't feel like you need to respond, but it's convenient to us and respond when it's convenient to you. And I think that's really changed things because people actually read that amazingly and they respond when it works for them. A hundred percent. It's just such a small boundary, but it's just one of those little things. You and know. auto send is another key one. Game changer. Oh, because the amount of times I've sent emails at four o'clock in the morning and people are like, <laughs> so, and they're like, what are you doing awake? So now I schedule everything till about 8.30. So it looks like I'm slightly normal. Yeah, I like that. I, auto send's great. Auto I actually quiet that got me on that. She said, why don't you just do auto send? And I'm like, that's a really good idea. So now at like 8.30, about 20 emails go out. Well, because I have cool ideas on a Saturday and I think I can't set it on a Saturday, so I schedule it for the Monday. <laughs> anyway. It's appearance, all about appearance. <laughs> Tell me, you've got two kids. Yes. Things have changed so much since we were their age. Oh, my goodness. Just talking about Contha Fruita would tell everyone how old we are. Anyway. Hey, hey, I'm only 20s here. <laughs> so I had the doctor ask me the other day, how old are you? I looked and went, 36. He goes, you're 38. I was like, <clears throat> I've lost two years. Call it COVID years. Yep, I love that. That's it. How do you see the world will be when they're growing up like we did? Because when we were kids, I don't know, maybe in the country it's different, but, I mean, I grew up in Western Australia, <laughs> otherwise known as wait a while, um, and I was just playing on the street until the lights went on and then we all went home and that was just how it rolled. Yeah, we were like that. Oh, it's a little bit different for me because we are in the country, but I yeah. do notice things like I won't let them walk anywhere without me being able to see them. Yeah, I like to know exactly what they're doing when they're doing, but they're young too. Like my daughter's three, she's going on 30, and my son, he's six, nearly seven, so they're still relatively young. I yeah. do think they're going to need their freedom when they're older to be able to do things. I'm just still got in my mind that we're a small country town, so Everything closes at like 8.30. So hopefully their big night out's a skate ramp and then come home by 8.30. <laughs> I can have wishful thinking, okay? I love that. You know, 
kids can get drunk at each other's houses. I'm just saying. Well, I haven't gone down that path yet. And Connor, <laughs> my son has got a girlfriend at the moment and I love her mum. So I'm hoping they're like, going to be all the way through school and then I'll be right. Oh, should we manage those expectations for you or do I want to burst the bubble? No, okay, cool. do not. I've got me and, me and her mum, we discussed this. We've organised everything. Nice. I love it. <laughs> hey, last question for you. You've got some exciting stuff happening next year. I know. <laughs> What's happened? Oh, so much. Um, I'm actually launching a mastermind to help entrepreneurs really get into the strategy side of their business along with the systems. The team's growing as it always does. Anyone who knows me, and if you haven't, you've met me now, I'm a big advocate for team. I think they are the most important part of any business and I don't think you can succeed without them. So my team's growing. I have got my beautiful team. They're all evolving, growing, learning new things. And I'm just also stepping more into a CEO role, which I guess also is very exciting and very daunting. Being a control freak, it's can be quite tricky to not control everything but luckily I've got kids I can control <laughs> that are still young enough that let me put the energy there <laughs> I do like your it. chores do your chores yeah so that's me for next year it's really just about trying to help and serve more people as opposed to just at the moment just having a few because of my time like obviously you can't triple your time yeah so being able to help as many people as possible that's like what I'm here to do is really just try and help streamline and make people's businesses simple for them. Yeah. I also really love your socials, especially at the moment. You're speaking to such truth, and I think that's really resonating for people, right, because you're getting a lot of feedback. Yeah, no, people. apparently it's being, what's the, what do they say, um, being authentic is the way to go. It's, it's, over, it's an overused word, I reckon, don't you think? Yes, but it works. It's, I know it does work. I mean, one of my mentors uses the words fully self-expressed and it makes me cringe, but I'm like, what does that even mean? It just literally means show up as yourself, <laughs> which is what you're doing. So if anyone wants a what's a little bit of realism for low Katie's on social Oh, you might Katie get a socials, rant every now and again. Yeah, she does do a little rant. Warning. You've been warned. Yeah, exactly. Instead of a trigger warning, it's a rant warning. Hey, thanks so much for coming on Tea with the Queen. I reckon people would have got a few tips out of launching and the difference between a VA and an OBM. And uh, we wish you every success because you're going to rock it next year. Oh, it's going to be, I think uh, 2023 is going to be a big year for a lot of people. So I'm excited to see what happens with everybody. And yeah, even you as well. What, like your business is like gangbusters next year. It's all happening. It's 2023. Look out, thriving women. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> 2023, yeah, it's going to be. If 2022 wasn't your year, you heard it here first. 2023 is going to be your year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Make sure you're in thriving women, though. <laughs> Thanks, lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to Tea with the Queen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to get the word out. For more about me, please visit emmamcqueen.com.au and I look forward to your company next episode. Goodbye. Thank you for coming.